Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. Hi, this is Olaomi and welcome to episode 64 of the Super Abundant Life podcast. I'm so glad to be back with another episode after releasing two fantastic interviews, two wonderful interviews. Um, and if you haven't yet listened to those interviews, I encourage you to go and listen to them. In the first one with Donny Olorun Femi, episode 62, we talked all about productivity and linking your productivity to purpose in order to maximize your time, your energy, your resources to make the most of every situation that you find yourself in. It was packed full of insights and tips and strategies. And in episode 63, I had an interview with Ibiemi Ifederu. And we talked about essentially standing out in your career and making tremendous progress in your career because you literally stand out as someone that is excellent, as someone that is self-aware, as someone that knows how to make and take intentional steps towards building your career. It was really powerful. If you're someone that is in the career space or even in the business space, I highly recommend episode 63. Please go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet listened to it. I took so many, so many insights and a lot of wisdom away from those two episodes that I've already begun to apply in my own life. Okay, so today um, I'm going to move on and I'm going to be talking about something that I have practiced in my own life for quite a while and it has helped me overcome challenges in the past it has helped me anticipate change and prepare for it it has helped me to you know um uh deal with things that may have particularly knocked me off my feet um and what i'm talking about is the practice of self reflection self reflection if Self-reflection is what leads to self-awareness. And if you've ever met someone that is not self-aware and, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't think we can be 100% self-aware. I mean, even if you're someone that is really self-aware and this is because it's something that I, that I intentionally have built over the years. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm quite self-aware, probably. Um, above average, but nobody, I don't think, can be 100% self-aware. You still need people to come and give you a perspective um, that you are not aware of, that you didn't even know exists, um, to come and show you your blind side, etc. But if you find someone that basically just lives life from one day to the other and has not really practiced self-reflection and as a result of that are not self-aware, um, it, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you, you just, you just sit there and you think, but you could have avoided a lot of these things that you're dealing with, like all these walls that you keep crashing into all the time. If you had simply sat down to reflect on your life or your circumstance or the season that you're in, you could have avoided, you know, on one hand, you could have avoided a lot of mess. And on the other hand, there are so many opportunities that the person could have um, taken full advantage of, but because they were not self-aware 
as a result of not self-reflecting, the opportunities pass them by. So I'm going to be talking about the practice of self-reflection on this episode. What is self-reflection? Why is it so important? The benefits of self-reflection. And I will take you through my own four-step process of self-reflection that I actually got from the Bible. Okay, so uh, let's get started. Now, um, Socrates famously said that the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. So if someone basically lives by the seat of the, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, they're like, whatever will happen will happen. Okay, sera, sera. Let's just take it one day at a time. When we get to that bridge, we'll cross it. Um, while that sounds very romantic and very, you know, like, oh, I, I'm just so carefree, you know, carefree. I don't worry about anything. I just take it one day at a time and so on. It actually could be a rather dangerous way to live because it simply means that all you're, all you're living your life by is the short term. But you can't live by the short term. You have to look at what's coming next. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path. So you need both at any given point or season in your life to be able to move forward, to be able to finish strong, to be able to do well. So you need to examine, you need to consistently sit down and reflect. And it's not like, I, I don't think there's anybody, all right, that never reflects. But do we do it often enough? Most people will reflect at on December 31st or January 1st or on their birthday and they'll think, okay, so what's been happening? But that's not often enough. If you only sit down to reflect once a year, that is definitely too few in terms of the amount of times that you sit down to reflect. It's not enough. In fact, you know, um, some people advocate reflecting or practicing self-reflection daily. Okay, so um, let me move on. So what when I say self-reflection, I want to start off with what it's not. <laughs> um, because someone might be thinking, okay, of course, yeah, I, I self-reflect all the time, you know. And let me tell you two definite things that self-reflection is not. So this is not what me I'm talking about, too, okay. Um, number one, self-reflection is not ruminating. Now, what is ruminating? Ruminating is when you play a past event in your mind, especially a negative past event, and you roll it over and over and over in your mind. And all you're doing really, the purpose of it is self-guilt and self-condemnation. And you don't really leave that place like, okay, this is what I've learned. You leave that place feeling bad about yourself. So it's like an opportunity to put yourself down or even to put other people down. That's not self-reflection. Self-reflection is not ruminating, is not um, rolling something, a passive and something that's already happened for the purpose of just extracting negative feelings out of it, negative emotions. That is bad. It is not, there's nothing good about that in any way. It is damaging to the body. I've talked about in a previous episode, the, the danger, all right, the toxic effect of, of, that kind of behavior and thinking pattern. So that's definitely not what I mean by self-reflection. That's not what self-reflection is. Number two, self-reflection <laughs> is not worrying, right? While ruminating is taking a past event and sort of replaying the negative aspects or the negative connotation that you've given to that event over and over and over in your mind until you literally make yourself sick. Do you understand? Worrying is about the future. So you're like, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you're so um, worked up by something that hasn't even happened. So you're playing over and over and over again these negative events that you think could happen, again, not for the purpose 
of extracting some kind of strategy or plan to mitigate against those things that you think could happen. So like planning ahead and making sure that it doesn't affect you. No, no, no. Worrying is not productive in any way because it literally paralyzes because you see yourself as powerless in that scenario. So somebody is worrying that, you know, their child is going to um, fail in school or something like that. And they're not sitting and reflecting to say, okay, it looks like maybe this child might fail. What can I do to basically prevent this or help that child no no worrying does not do any of that worrying will basically get you replaying those images of the failure and how it will affect you how it will affect your child and there's nothing productive that comes out of it okay so self-reflection <laughs> is not ruminating and self-reflection is not worrying which now obviously brings me <laughs> to what self-reflection actually is. So when I talk about self-reflection, which leads to self-awareness, what do I mean? And it's very simple. Self-reflection is basically bringing your attention to what is happening in your life, to the situations, to the relationships in your life, to the occurrences in your life, to the seasons of your life in an objective and open-minded way. Objective means that you're not trying to attach any meaning start to start with, with anything. You're not saying, oh, this is why this is, no, no, no. You're just saying these are the facts. And then based on the facts, you try and look at it from different angles and in an open-minded way. So you don't go into self-reflection having already made up your mind about that situation or about that person or about the outcome of it. So it is going in with an open mind and literally saying, I, I'm holding this thing up to the light. I want to see from like a 360 degree angle what is happening in my life, in this situation, in my career, in my finances, in my marriage, in my parenting or whatever it is. So self-reflection is bringing your attention to what's happening in your life currently in an objective and open-minded way in order in order to make changes or in order to make progress. So self-reflection always leads to some kind of positive action as opposed to worrying and ruminating that pretty much end up paralyzing you because negative they produce negative emotions that don't really help in any way. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is now that you know what self-reflection is, and I believe that, you know, many of you listening to me, if not everyone, we practice self-reflection. I don't think, like I said, there's any human being, there's anyone, especially listening to me. If you're listening to this kind of podcast then you're a certain type of person that is interested in growth and development and leadership and all those things, there's no way. There's no way you don't self-reflect. But what I'm trying to do today is to encourage you to make it a habit, to make it something that you literally um, put into your calendar, you shed it into your calendar to say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think. I'm going to reflect on my situation or my life. Where am I going, etc. So what is the importance of self-reflection? Now, it's very simple, all right? Without self-reflection, what would happen is, you would simply go through life without thinking, right? You'll be moving from one thing to the next without making time to evaluate whether things are actually working, whether things are actually going well. And one of the reasons why a lot of people don't self-reflect until December 31st or January 1st or their birthday is because of activities. We're bombarded with so many activities that we don't have time to think. We don't have time to think and it's counterproductive. I've, you know, I love biographies and autobiographies. And one of the things that I keep reading over and over again about people that have been successful as in super successful is they always scheduled time to think regularly and not just at the end of the year like weekly, some did it daily, some, you know, maybe twice a day, right? That's something they would do regularly, just cancel everything and, you know, block out their calendar just to sit down and think. And I remember, 
I remember um, one of the adjustments that I made, one of the adjustments that I made that helped me transition from middle management to senior leadership. If you've been listening to this podcast, you will know I've talked about how there was a massive struggle for me to make that jump. Going from um, just a regular teacher to middle leadership for me was quite easy. All I had to do was be excellent at my work and they noticed that I could talk at an interview and so on. And they promoted me like first or second year into into my teaching. But the jump for middle management, senior leadership was a lot harder. And one of the things that I learned to do was to schedule time to think. Because middle managers are exactly that. They are managers. Senior leaders are exactly that. They are leaders. Leaders inspire. Leaders, you know, they come up with ideas that would ginger people up. Managers would organize, right? You don't really need to think that much when you're organized. Just make sure that you are, you yourself are organized and you know how to put people in systems. If you know how to create systems, you're a fantastic manager. But knowing how to create systems are not automatically make you a good leader and I had to learn that so it's one of the things that i had to do to basically sit down and and schedule time for me to think about my role about my job and how i could impact the wider community and some of the ideas that came out of that time of reflection right were what literally got me promoted to senior leadership Okay, so if but if you're the kind of person that just keeps going from season to season to season and you just literally keep, you know, keep going and you hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> Again, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I hate that word. Obviously, I'm being silly, you know, it's not hustle, it's hustle. Okay, let's speak properly. <laughs> but you know, people say you have to hustle. <laughs> no, you don't have to hustle. I, I hate it. Okay, hustle or hustling is toiling. And it was a curse. Okay, I'm not going to go off on that, but please, you know, <laughs> it was a curse. And we had been redeemed from the curse. Um, but anyway, you know, some of the things I just need to work harder. All I need to do is just to work harder. And they keep working harder without sit standing or sitting to reflect that all this hard work that I'm putting into this thing is not even producing results. I'm just working harder and harder and harder. And on the other side, there's less and less and less coming out of it. That is um, a lack of self-reflection. That just shows someone that is not very good or um, not very good at self-reflection or not very good at committing time to self-reflection. You must set time aside to analyze, to determine what's going well and what's not working. Um, let's say that winners never quit is a lie winners quit all the time selective quitting is what it's called if you keep doing the same thing that's not working you're not going to be a winner in the end that's one of the things i've learned just picking something and then just going for it say, i'm a winner i never quit ah, if that thing is not for you on the or it's or it's the, your ladder is really leaning against the wrong wall you better quit quick so that you can go and find the right wall and start climbing and enjoying your life. So winners quit all the time. All right. That whole idea of, oh, winners never quit is not true. They don't quit when they found the right thing that is producing results. When they know and have a deep conviction inside them that they're on the right track and this is it. Okay. But once they sit down, they reflect and they look at it and say, ah, this one is not taking me to where I'm supposed to be. They quit fast. Go and read up on, again, biographies and all those things. They, you see people quitting all the time. They pivot. They change direction all the time. You must. Okay, so that's one of, that's that's a main importance of self-reflection. And, you know, another thing that I wanted to say about that is, for example, a lack of personal reflection may lead you, for example, to stay in a job that you that you hate, or someone is, is in a relationship, you are courting someone, and you can see all the signs. You can see that. Listen, there's so many things here that is not agreeing with me, but because they don't really allow themselves time to sit down and think about it, they just keep going and keep going and keep going until they end up trapped in something that is almost so destroying. Um. <laughs> 
I, I used to write a marriage blog, right? And even till now, when, when people come to me and they're having like serious issues, I remember when I used to write my marriage blog, I would get as in random emails from some strangers, obviously, that had read the blog and they'll, that's in, they'll download all of their life history and everything that's happening in their marriage. And I read some really heartbreaking, heartbreaking stories. I'm like, Oh my God. How can this be happening? You know, and you know, I would engage with the person and try to help them. And do you know, literally 100% of the time, without me even asking, at some point in the conversation, they would say, And I saw these things, oh, and I saw these things, okay, and I saw these things, and you know, I saw, I saw these things. I, you know, but you know, it's either they did not sit down to reflect on how this could impact them later on in marriage or they reflected they saw it and they chose to ignore it neither of the two is is good they're both bad okay um so if you are not someone that self-reflects regularly and you just keep going back to a job that you hate you stay in that relationship instead of you to get out before you, it ends in marriage and then your life is like miserable or whatever it is or there's not it just and whatever it is what happens is you eventually enter into a soul-destroying survival mode where you're just literally, your head is just barely above water. You're not thriving. Things are dry. You're not fulfilled. There's a continual, um, how do I describe it? Something pulling inside you almost constantly. Like, ah, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not where I'm... But you, yeah, you're like, let, let's just... Let, listen, change is hard, Joe. Let's just continue like that. So you, you get into that soul-destroying survival mode. God never created us as Christians to survive. He created us to thrive, to thrive. And self-reflection will help you identify a season that has come to an end that you need to move on from. One of the things that I'm eternally grateful for to God was, you know, the strength for me when, you know, um, the, when I was going to go into business, I didn't even know that's what it was. All right. And I went into teaching and I absolutely loved it. It had its challenges, no doubt. If you're not called to be a teacher, I don't teach. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I absolutely loved it. I loved engaging with the children, even though they were, some of them were naughty. It didn't matter to me. Uh, I loved engaging with the parents, my colleagues, etc. But, you know, all of a sudden I just came into a season where everything just, you know, it was like letting air out of a balloon. And I was like, Oh, what's going on here? How can you go from loving something to almost hating it almost overnight? What is going on? And that's what I mean. Now, because I'm the kind of person that had developed the habit of self-reflection, I was able to identify it and say, no, 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 something's not right. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to actually think about this. So that's what I mean. And it was through that period of self-reflection that lasted weeks that I came to the realization that, oh, this is the season for me to, you know, start laying out plans to go and do something else. Do you understand? So, um, if you don't self-reflect regularly, not just once a year, you could find yourself tolerating, um, a season that you have outgrown, tolerating something that is not good for you. Right. And it could, it could, it's, it's so destroying. It's not a good place to be in. It's not a good place to be in. Okay, so I'm going to move on very quickly and I'm going to talk about some of the benefits of self-reflection. So some of the benefits. I'll read out two studies that I that I that I read that I came across. The first one says that um so research researchers at Harvard Business School demonstrated so they found out they carried out this study in the in the call centers right and they found out that employees who spent only 15 minutes but at the end of every day so 15 minutes at the end of the day to reflect right on the lessons they learned that day by interacting and engaging with the customers that called in they performed 23 percent better than those who did not reflect 
So by simply taking 15 minutes, and this self-reflection that we're talking about is not, oh, I need to go and check myself into a hotel for a week. You, you, you can do that if you want, but it, it, it doesn't, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. We were talking 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. So 15 minutes at the end of every day, they reflected on how they handled conflicts, how they resolved conflicts, how, you know, somebody shouted at them, etc. Because they did that, they were 23% more effective. Another study of uh, commuters in the UK commuting to work found that those who were prompted to use their commuting time to think, right, to think and plan for their day were happier, more productive and less burnt out than people who didn't. And if you look around you on the tube, I used to travel on the tube to work, right? Or however you travel, you notice that people nowadays, if I, I went on the train, cause I hadn't, you know, obviously I don't commute anymore unless I occasionally when I go to London. And I noticed that, um, I happened to go to London, you know, peak time where everybody was going to work. And I noticed that everybody was on their phone, like watching, not even like reading emails or whatever, watching, like they have downloaded movies and stuff, almost everybody. So there's, there's no time to think. There's no time to actually sit down and say, okay, fine. What am I doing today? How can I reflect on it? What's with that and whatever. Okay. So, um, it says, if you regularly set time out to reflect, to think about your day and to plan, you will be happier, more productive and less burnt out than people who just allow life to carry them along without stopping to think about their actions, their decisions, their words, their choices, etc. So I have some benefits here of self-reflection. The first one, the first benefit of self-reflection is it allows you to gain perspective. It helps you to gain perspective. Now, what do I mean by that? You and I know that emotions have a way of clouding someone's judgment, right? If you are emotionally attached to something, you tend to respond or to react based on your emotions. And as a result of that, it could cloud your judgment and you could lose sight of what is really happening. You could start to project all sorts of meaning um, onto a, onto someone or onto the situation that is not necessarily true or objective or based on facts, all right? Self-reflection will then allow you to process that event and to be able to gain some kind of clarity, all right? It allows you to step back and to see things from different angles, angles that emotions would not have allowed you to see, see it from. All right. If you simply did not pause to think, um, I'll give, I'll give you an example. So I, I recently had a very, very, um, trying, uh, per, you know, personal challenge, or you, you could even call it a personal tragedy. Um, and the thing about it is emotions rushing and yeah, it's okay for that to happen, but you don't want to be in that place for too long. So emotions came in, etc., And I began to think about that because again, the reason why I can respond this way is because over years I have trained myself to respond this way. Okay. Um, so I, I began to think, okay, I'm going to set aside time to do my self reflection. And what I did was I took that situation and I looked at it from different angles, from the angle of the word of God, from my own angle as a human being with emotions, from the angle of the person, from the angle, from different angles, as many angles as I could muster with the Holy Spirit also showing me new, new angles, etc., new perspectives. And because I was able to do that, I drew a very objective conclusion. And because I drew that very objective conclusion, you know, I, I was, I, I was able to like move on and the thing did not swallow me as opposed to if I had just responded purely based on emotions, purely. So I'm not saying leave emotions out. I'm saying to your emotions, add other perspectives. And that is what self-reflection will allow you do. Okay. Self-reflection will give you a more robust view of that situation so that you're not just thinking from one side and only making decisions from one side. 
So you have to, especially when, you know, you find yourself in a, in a difficult or challenging situation. Don't just allow yourself to be overtaken by emotions alone. Sit down and put perspective and hold that thing to the light and say, what does God say about this? Bring it to the light, right? See the perspective of God. See the perspective of a person. See your own perspective in terms of looking at it objectively. Mix everything together and you'll be surprised that what you come out with will be more powerful, ah. Uh, and more productive than simply responding based on emotion. The second benefit of self-reflection is it helps you to respond to situations or external stimuli more effectively. Okay, more effectively. So the thing is, it's easy to be driven by emotions or passion. And as a result of that, you want to react to whatever circumstances come your way. Every, we all do that. So somebody, you know, um, just walks into your office at work and starts accusing you of, in fact, <laughs> oh my, in fact, you know, something just happened just before I recorded this podcast. I jumped like the biggest conclusion. I said, my husband did something. He said, and he was just sitting there. He said, why are you accusing me? <laughs> I had just complete, I just, I just thought that he was him, you know, that did it. I said, why did you take my stuff? Or why did you, whatever it is. And he was just sitting there smiling and looking at me like, ah, so you just go about accusing people like that. And if he was not the kind of person that has reined in his emotions, it would have become something else because me, I, res- I, I, I asked him something and I was completely wrong. He would have reacted right to my accusation and something else would have come out of it the thing would have been bent out of shape right but because he could pause and take a step back almost as if you're coming out of your body and observing the the situation it gives you time you pause it gives you even if it's a few seconds before you speak before you before you respond right even if it's literally five seconds it gives you time to think ah why is this person speaking to me like this? Are they having a bad day? Okay. The reaction time is rarely enough to carefully consider your actions and your words if you have not trained yourself to pause and to re and to, and to evaluate the situation and what is going on. Right. So that is what um, personal react, uh, pers- <laughs> self reflection teaches you to do. All right. If you're the kind of person that sort of, you know, keeps flying off the an- handle and you get angry and you, before you know it, you've reacted. Like I said, I don't think there's anyone that always perfectly, maybe some maybe Jesus, Jesus did. Jesus never reacted. He always measured with anything he said. So we're all aiming to be like him, right? But the thing is, for us regular folks, <laughs> it is not so easy to say, oh, I'm going to count to five, one, two, three. And then before I speak, no, you would have given the person back 10 times before you even say, ah, yeah, Christian, you don't be talking like that. Okay. But what I'm saying is if your reaction, the shorter your reaction time is, the more damage you will do to the people in your life, the more damage you will do to yourself. And to the people in your life, the shorter your reaction time to external stimuli, to things happening in your environment, the more damage you will do to yourself and to the people in your life. And I'm not only talking about something like anger, even opportunities. An opportunity comes and you haven't even sat down to consider it. You're like, "Eh, we're going to go and put all our savings into it. You didn't even tell your spouse. You've already put all the money in. And then you now realize later on that those people were scammers. chopped all your money so i'm not it's not just anger it could be different things so reaction time the more you train yourself to be self-reflective the the longer your reaction time to external stimuli becomes and as a result of that you can make more measured decisions and choices okay if you develop the habit of intentional personal reflection you'll find it increasingly easy to pause and think about your response when under pressure 
personal reflection gives you time and space to consider the best way to act in a given situation. And my wonderful example for, for that from the Bible, I always remind myself of this, is Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was engaged to Mary. And the Bible says, because he was a just man, Mary obviously was pregnant. And not only was she pregnant, insult to injury. Now says some spirits that came to impregnate you. Imagine if that person was like an African man. Joseph was like an African man or something. Say, eh? Which spirits? From where? From your village or whatever. So, I mean, kudos. <laughs> kudos to Joseph for, for even thinking, okay, I'm not going to disgrace you and drag you out to the streets. But he had initially thought, we're done. Okay, sister, go and meet your spirit. I mean, I'm going to go and find a virtuous woman that I'll marry. So a lot of credit to him for even pausing to not react in anger to start with. But then the Bible also says that he, when he pondered it, so he was not rash. He was not rash. Thank God Joseph was not rash. If Joseph was rash, Jesus would have been killed in the womb before he even had the chance to come into the world. Because the penalty for adultery or fornication or whatever was stoning. Remember the woman that was caught in the very act? They were going to stone her. That's what would have happened to Jesus in the womb and Mary. He was not rushed. And I believe that's one of the reasons why God chose him. So first, if anyone that is rash, right, you will never really find them in positions of authority and last. They may sweet talk their way there, but they never last, okay? So he was not rash. The Bible says that he's, while he pondered it, the angel came. While he slept, the angel appeared in a dream, etc. And then he now took correction and said, ah, oh, okay, I now know what to do. So if you reflect, as he reflected on the whole thing, put himself in Mary's shoes. I said, but I know Mary. Mary's not like that. Why would she be lying now? What if she's telling the truth? Because he allowed himself that time, God was able to speak to him and show him a different perspective. The third benefit of self-reflection is <laughs> it helps you learn and grow. It helps you learn and grow. Someone who does not self-reflect will very will find it very difficult to experience any kind of growth in their lives. They will experience failure, right? Even whether it's minor failure or catastrophic failure, and they will just move on. Do you understand? They'll just move on. They, you don't learn anything from either a good thing, a miracle, or a disaster. Just move on. Okay, it's happened, it's happened, let's move on. I don't want to think about it. No, that's wrong to say that, oh, it's happened, I just don't want to think about it, I don't want to talk about it. No, you have to reflect to draw life out of that thing. Even if it was a situation of death, you still need to draw life that you can take forward into your future. All right? Now, um, Ram Emanuel, who was one, one time White House chief of staff for Barack Obama said a profound statement. I don't know if he was the first person that said it, but when he said it was the first time I heard it. And he said, you never let a good crisis go to waste. So something happens. There's a crisis nowadays, pandemic, COVID-19. Some people are just living from day to day and just waiting for when the whole thing is over so that they can resume life again. No, you have to reflect. You have to sit and think, what is going on? What can I learn from this? Whether it is a miracle or a, uh, a disaster or a failure, a crisis, it doesn't matter. There's always something to learn. So he said, never let a good crisis go to waste. What does it mean by that? Inside that crisis are some fantastic lessons that will bring you into glory. And I keep saying, even if it's a miracle, Jesus multiplied five loaves, two fish, or the other way around. I always mix it up. <laughs> and he fed like 5,000 men, not counting women and children. All right. Fantastic miracle. Do you know that a few verses later, there was a very similar, almost identical challenge. 4,000 men, even smaller. And the disciples asked the same question. Oh, master, what shall we do? 
Can you imagine? Can you? As in, you're like, hello? What? <laughs> Were you not there? When? And the thing is, the Bible is written for our admonition. If it's there in the Bible, it means we do it too. So don't point fingers and say, what's wrong with these disciples? You are pointing the finger at yourself. So it means we too act like that. So God has done things for you in your past. That when a new challenge comes up, you say, oh God, why are you here? And God is like, hello. Were you not there when I did this? <laughs> Do you understand? So it is self-reflection that helps you extract those life lessons to bring out the juices right out of those things. If you don't reflect, if you don't pause to think about a promotion or a setback, honestly, you eat. And I've talked about this. All right, in an episode where I talked about reproducing your best result, you will literally eat the fruit of something and you will throw the seed away. The seed is meant to reproduce your next success. Okay. Now the fourth one is the fourth, the fourth benefit of self-reflection is it helps you recognize and prepare for change. That one is obvious. If you're just going from one day, we'll get to that bridge. We'll cross that bridge when we get there kind of person. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Um, so why is everybody talking about retirement? When we get there, we'll figure something out. You don't pause and you don't think ahead. Jesus said, you know, if you, if you know me, you probably know what I'm going to say. My most favorite parable or saying in the Bible that Jesus said was, who sits down? All right. To build, who, who, who wants to build a tower without first sitting down to reflect, to think, what will it cost for me to build this tower? And you just enter like that, say, hey, hey boys, all right, let's go, let's go. And you just enter into the thing without planning, without reflecting, without judging what the size of your strength is in comparison to what that thing would demand of you. All of these things come out of the place of self-reflection. Right. If you're the kind of person that always has something in your ear, there's something playing on, on your phone. We are jumping from like sermon to sermon, as in your whole, just and you're always hearing, hearing, hearing. Hearing is good. All right. Make sure you feed yourself with good personal development stuff with the word of God and all that. But listen, it's, there comes a time where it is too much. And that time is where everything you are hearing, you don't even have time to sit down, pause and reflect. So you must make sure you must protect your time of reflection and of thinking at all costs. Mary Kay said something, as I said, you know, the benefits of recognizing and preparing for change. Mary Kay said, there are four kinds of people in this world. Those who make things happen. Those who watch things happen. Those who wonder what happened. And those who don't know that anything happened. Let me repeat that. Four kinds of people in this world. Those who make things happen. Those who watch things happen. Those who wonder what happened. And those who don't even know that anything happened. Now, the last three, the reason why that is, is they don't, they're not, they're, they're, they don't practice self-reflection. So someone that is watching something happening and you're just watching like movie and not processing it and the thing just passes like entertainment like that. One of the things that I'm determined, all right, since I became a parent to teach my children is self-reflection. Because if you have a child that is not self-aware, that does not know how to process events in order to make projections for the future, I mean, it's, it's not a good place to be. Honestly, it's not a good place. They still just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. They will never learn. Always come into, um, how does the Bible say it? Uh, something about being exposed to knowledge, but never coming to knowledge of the truth. That's what that means because you don't sit down to pause and to think as say, this thing that I'm watching happening here, what is the meaning of it? So they watch things happen. There's some who wonder, the thing has even happened and they're like, ah, what, what happened? And then there's some who are so self unaware on a massive scale that they didn't even know anything happened. The only one, the only category of people that will move forward in life are the ones who make things happen. And the only way you can make things happen is you have, you have watched what happened and then you reflected on it and extracted some kind of value out of it. 
So if you don't know, if you're not looking out for what's happening in your environment and making interpretations by the spirit so that you can prepare yourself, life will just, you know, opportunities will be going left, right, and center. You will not recognize it. And crisis will come that will make the person unprepared. Right? That's the fourth benefit of self-reflection. The fifth and the last one that I'm, and there's more. I always own up and I say, I, my, my list is never exhaustive. Alright? I only come and say the ones that I've seen in my life. The fifth one, the fifth benefit of, um, self-reflection is improved, better relationships. Right? Better, happier, more fulfilling, more peaceful relationships. And why? Because you are the kind of person that if something goes wrong, maybe you and your partner, you and your spouse had a, a bit of an argument or whatever it is, or you disagreed on something. If you are the kind of person that knows how to go and sit down and say, hmm, okay, let me reflect on what happens. You can, it, 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 you're more likely to take responsibility, right? You're more likely to take responsibility. And if it, you're more likely to go and meet the person and say, okay, you know, if it was your fault, you say, I'm really sorry. Now that I think about it, ah, what I said was wrong and I'm really sorry. Or even if, you know, you look at it and you think, listen, the, the way this person spoke to me and what they said, because you reflected on it, your anger is gone. You can go back and go and talk to the person in a way, in a peaceful way that will be, they'll be able to listen to you. But if you have the kind of person that something happens, you shout, 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 and you both shout at each other, and then you just move on, like, I just forget it, forget it. The person might even want to talk about it, like, I don't want to talk about it, let's just move on, let's just move on. Don't just move on. Reflect on it so that the thing will not come and tempt you again. So that it will not come and tempt you again. It says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You will end up making the same mistakes in your marriage, in your relationship, in your parenting, right? If you don't pause and reflect on what happened, right? So those are the benefits that I have. And to finish up very quickly, I'm going to show you my own four-step model for self-reflection and this is this is not like copyrighted anything i didn't come up with this this is very popular but i i looked at joseph who is my model for self-reflection for someone that gave himself a, a wide reflection time before he did something something that would have potentially altered the course of destiny okay and um number one is isolation so find a quiet place not a quiet place with your phone not a quiet place with instagram showing not a quiet place with a sermon playing in the background not even a quiet place with worship music or anything like just quiet the bible talks about how joseph one version says that he fell well in a dream right so he was by himself he pondered and he's not the only person that did it but i just love because literally, if you're taking a wrong turn, Jesus would. <laughs> that, as in, I love his own example because the gravity of taking the wrong step was huge. And I know that's why God picked him because he was not a rash somebody. So find a quiet place. Um, probably if you if you want to build a habit into it, the easiest way to do it is journaling during your prayer time in the morning. So in my prayer structure that I, that I teach to people to make prayer exciting and effective, one of the, one of the, what's it called? Um, elements of prayer that I say you must always have is listening. And by listening, I mean you're thinking. You're thinking you, it's you and your journal. No music, nothing. You're not saying anything. You're just reflecting. You're thinking, interacting with the Holy Spirit. So it has to be quiet. Number two is bring that situation into the light. Think about it from all angles. So don't be so quick to accept your own verdict on everything. Don't, if you had an argument with someone at work and, you know, it's still bothering you and you want to reflect on it, don't be so quick to say, well, that person is so unreasonable. You don't know that. That's just the way you're seeing it. Now, your own view is valid, 
you don't dismiss it, but it's only one view. So go around and walk around to the person's view and say, what are they seeing? Why do they talk like that? Why do they behave like that? Go to the perspective of the word of God. What does the word of God say? You know, bring the, you know, um, just, I just literally 360 degree angle. All right. That's the second thing you do. And the third thing is bring God into that situation let him show you a perspective that you might be missing ask him to open your eyes right so I, because i'm using joseph for the second step i'm pretty sure he sat and he thought about it i said hmm mary why would mary why would she lie do you understand i i i know the character of mary i know she's a wonderful girl she's she's virtuous she's a virtuous woman you know why do you understand so he basically looked at it he may have even searched the scriptures that's step two. Step three is, God, open my eyes. What am I not seeing? What is the missing link in all of this? Is there something that I'm not seeing that if I make a decision, being blinded to this view or perspective, it could end up hurting me or hurting the other person? So ask God to open your eyes. All right? Ask him to open your eyes. And that was when the angel showed up and told Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. For the child she's carrying is indeed by the Holy Spirit. So God is happy, willing, very willing to come and show you the right perspective. So open yourself up to that. And number four, there's no point going through self-reflection and then getting up from your place of self-reflection and just throwing all that juicy nuggets and insights that you got and just doing what was what was inside you to do anyway and just ignoring all there's no point in that imagine joseph waking up from that dream and then say that's you is that holy spirit god that's <laughs> that's you people talking me i know what i'm going to do i have proposed in my heart that i'm going to put this woman aside and he had done that oh imagine if he had done that. So when you come out, even though it might be hard, it might be difficult, it might be something that you never thought you would do. For example, out of that place of self-reflection, the Holy Spirit might tell you, go and apologize to that colleague. The first time you see them, buy a gift and give them. You're like, me, apologize to who? Did you not hear the way they spoke to me, etc.? If you are not willing to follow whatever conclusion, comes out of that place of reflection then there's no point it's even more dangerous because you become double-minded so you come to a conviction in your heart about something then you do the opposite that's what the bible calls being double-minded you deceive your own heart after a while your heart doesn't know the difference between reality and and um what's the other the opposite of reality <laughs> so, whatever that is so confusion sets in basically so follow through if god shows you something or after reflecting on it and going at it from different example from different angles you realize ah okay maybe you know i should not have spoken to my son like that i was a bit too harsh on him yes he did wrong but i could have handled it in a different way if you now come out of that place and you don't go and sit the boy down talk to him and say do you know what you know i shouldn't have then there's no point saying you are self-reflecting there's no point okay so follow through with the conclusion that you draw based on that time of reflection and that's what i've come <laughs> to share with you today i hope you've enjoyed that i hope you have um, gotten some nuggets out of this self-reflection is something that i practiced for years i have to say it is easier probably easier for introverts to self-reflect but let me also add this what introverts tend to do is they that ability to think they don't turn it into they don't do it as self-reflection they do it as either ruminating or worrying so they do the unproductive side of it don't do that all right you're an introvert you're a thinker make sure you are thinking in a productive way so train your mind train your brain to reflect to draw lessons and to act on them rather than just to think for the sake of it and then you produce negative emotions that leave you in a far worse state than when you went into that time of thinking. All right, so <laughs> I will be back next week. Bye. <laughs>